heroine. And that's what she does next week. Although once I thought I could cure her by taking her to see Lassie come home. And when we left the theater, I asked Jane how she felt. And as Jane put it... Just fine. Feel my nose. Oh, good night. <laughs> Me too. Good night. Yes, Log Cabin is a syrup with that delicious Northwood flavor. It's America's most popular quality table syrup. Enjoy it on waffles or pancakes for Sunday night suppers as well as at breakfast. Log Cabin syrup on your pancakes. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. KNX AM and FM Los Angeles. Five seconds before 7 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Boulevard Watch Time. Be sure to visit your jewelers for the 1948 Watch Parade, which starts October 10th. Discover why Boulevard leads the Watch Parade. A new dramatic series opens in just a few seconds. Marlena Dietrich, Van Heflin, and Claude Rains, and Madame Bovary. Herewith, the dramatic portrait of a woman in whom there is something of every woman and every man. A woman who dreamed and tried to bring her dreams to life. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ford Theater opens its new season with Miss Marlena Dietrich, Van Heflin, and Claude Rains in the American radio premiere of a great romance, Madame Bovary. <laughs> Motor Company, builder of Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln cars, presents the Ford Theater, a full hour of the finest dramatic entertainment with the most celebrated stars of Broadway and Hollywood. And now to introduce tonight's program, here is the director of the Ford Theater, Fletcher Markle. Good evening and the greetings of a new season. Tonight, our inaugural broadcast is the American radio premiere of a great romance. But we want you to know that, like yourselves, we aren't going to be interested only in love stories on the Ford Theater. Oh, no, we have a really exciting schedule of varied plays and stars ahead of us. For example, next week, next week, a James Kane thriller, Double Indemnity, starring Mr. Burt Lancaster and Miss Joan Bennett. And two weeks from tonight, Miss Lucille Ball and a surprise associate in a crisp comedy called Tom, Dick, and Harry. But now, tonight, Miss Marlena Dietrich, one of Hollywood's most provocative actresses, is going to recreate Madame Bovary for you. And although Monsieur Flaubert's tempestuous temptress lived in the France of almost a century ago, her story is as real and true in our time as it was then. An illustrious young French squire named Rudolf Boulanger is involved in that story, and an illustrious young American actor named Van Heflin is going to impersonate him tonight. With Mr. Claude Rains, a very deserving favorite of yours and mine, as Charles, whose wife, and in fact whose entire life, was Madame Bovary. Miss Dietrich, Mr. Heflin, Mr. Rains, please to begin. <laughs>
I beg your pardon, monsieur. Yes? It is not my habit to intrude upon a gentleman in a cafe, but uh, perhaps you remember me, Homer, the chemist? The chemist? Oh, yes, of course. Aren't you Monsieur Boulanger, who once lived at the Chateau here in our village? Rodolphe Boulanger? I am indeed, monsieur. That was five years ago, 1856. You see, I never forget a face. There are some faces, monsieur, which are better forgotten. True, true. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, tell me, are you returning here to Yonville to stay? No. You might call this a sentimental visit. I've come back in search of a ghost. Oh, there are no ghosts in Yonville today, except old Bovary over there. Monsieur Bovary? Is the doctor here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were once his friend, were you not? Yes. It seems so long ago. He sits out there at that sidewalk table day after day. Gave up his practice, you know. Really? They say that Dr. Bovary is strange in the head. I never speak to him anymore. His mind is filled with visions. Like poor Emma. <laughs> Madame Bovary's head was filled with visions, too. Yes. Visions of Paris, visions of great ballrooms. I remember her telling me about her wedding day. Even then, it seems she couldn't escape from her dreams. Emma, I've been looking everywhere for you. Now I find you here in the stable loft of all places on our wedding day. I was daydreaming, Charles. I was dancing in the one wonderful ballroom. Your papa and I have been from one end of the farm to the other. All the guests are asking for you. I couldn't bear them another moment. All these country bumpkins gobbling roast pig and mutton. Now, the Emma. all other farm boys drinking cider, laughing, making jokes about us. Well, they seem very friendly to me. Intoxicated, of course, but most friendly. Crowing like roosters and pointing their fingers. This is not the kind of wedding I wanted, sir. Now, how can you say that, Emma? Your papa has spent a pocket full of money. Two turkeys, three legs of mutton, the cutlets, the cream. Oh, Charles, forgive me. You're good to me, and I have no right to complain. This thing, this morning I was Emma Rose, daughter of a farmer. And now I am Madame Bovary, wife of a well-known doctor. Well, not well-known yet, my dear, but someday. I hope I've seen the last of cows and pigs and chickens. Tomorrow we'll ride in a carriage to Yonville. And there we will have a house of our own on the town square. That much is true. Soon you'll be the famous Dr. Bovary. And then we'll move to Paris and have many servants. And I will be a great lady. Well, perhaps someday. Is it beautiful, Yonville? Is it not like Paris? Will I be happy there? I pray that you'll be happy there, Emma. I hope you will someday realize... All your dreams? Yes, I'll be glad when it's tomorrow. And we'll be riding in the coach on our way to your village. Permit me to introduce myself, madame. I am Omer, the chemist of Yonville. Uh, and this is Dr. Bovary, I suppose. I'm honored. How do you do, monsieur? Where are all the dinner guests? I've arranged only a very small dinner party, monsieur. It'll be less expensive for you that way. Less expensive for me? Uh, very few of the townsfolk have any uh, true culture, any appreciation of the scientific mind, so there will be just four of us. Uh, myself, you and madame, and our other guest. Oh, he's sitting there by the fire. Come, Léon, don't be shy. Good evening. Léon Dupuis, the notary clerk. Monsieur. And Léon, this is Madame Bovary. How do you do, madame? The young man of culture. 
He's twice been to Paris. Paris? Is that so? I'm very pleased to meet you, monsieur. Mine is the pleasure, madame. And now, uh, come, let us go on into dinner. Oh, what a feast this will be. Two bottles of vintage wines, everything from soup to cheese. And I hope you won't find it too expensive, Dr. Bovary. Very hospitable of you, I'm sure. But I understood, monsieur, that you were entertaining me. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, some other time, perhaps, you can be my guest. <laughs> Why aren't you abed? How long have you been sitting here at the window? I couldn't sleep. So I put on my dressing robe and came to watch the sunrise. You'll catch a death of cold. Look, there's your precious little town of Yonville. Oh, Charles, how you have misled me. What a miserable little town it is. Oh, my dear, I never said you wasn't. The people, they're just like other people. And the houses like other houses. Oh, it's only a little country town with roofs and chimneys. Men and women, cats and dogs. But what did you think it would be? Oh, I'm so foolish. At the bottom of my heart, I'm always waiting for something to happen. And then it never does. Now, we're going to be quite happy here. You wait and see. You're going to have a lady's maid to wait on you and, and a rose-colored carpet for the parlor and a piano to practice on. And uh, let me see what... Oh, yes. There will be parties. Every Thursday night, Monsieur Omer says we must visit him for a game of dominoes. Oh, Charles. Is that your notion of a party? Well, it would be very pleasant, my I dear. I can imagine nothing more tedious. But uh, that young gentleman, Leon, was quite nice. Yes, my dear. He likes to travel, and he likes music. Well, at least you have someone to talk to. Yes, Charles. Perhaps it will be pleasant after all. <laughs> Can be keeping him. Look again, Charles. Yes, my dear. Would like Monsieur May to make us wait mm. in front of his shop? Yes, but I'm rather sleepy anyway. Why don't we go home? I, I don't much feel like playing dominoes. No, I... no, Charles, we must. This is your only recreation. Oh, come in, my friends. A thousand pardons. It's that boy, Justin. I'll carry this stick until I catch him, and then I'll beat him till the blood runs. Whatever has he done? What's he done? You see that cupboard with the iron door? I keep it under lock and key. Those are the deadliest of poisons. Poison? The doctor knows how dangerous they are. I do indeed. Uh, uh, now, my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Bovary, 10,000 apologies. Uh, come into the parlor, both of you. Uh, there's another of your admirers inside, madame. Who can you mean? Leon is in there. That's who it is. Leon? Oh. Enter, enter. Yeah, he is Leon. <laughs> Just as I said. Good evening, sir. Madame. I uh, happen to be past My yeah. boy, we're delighted to see you. Now, you sit there on the sofa with him, Emma. There we were, Charles, for a while. And uh, now then, Homer, uh, uh, where are those dominoes? I have them ready. Let me warn you, I'm going to win tonight. Ah, so, we begin. Well, my word, I'm sleeping. Yes, so am I. Madame, I wish that I might have a talk with you in private. There's something I've been waiting to tell you. Yes? Yes. Well... They'll soon be drowsing, those two. Look at them. Uh, double six. Huh? What did you say, Doctor? Double six. Yes, they'll soon be asleep, Leon. Then we can talk. Oh, Emma Bovary, if 
I can only tell you what these little talks of ours have meant to me. I've wanted for so long to escape from here, to go to Rouen, and then at last to Paris. I wish that I was there in Paris and with you, William. This is what I have to tell you. I... Am I... Yes, Leon, tell me. Tell me what is in your heart. I, I am going to Rouen soon. My apprenticeship here is over. I leave on Sunday to begin my studies as a lawyer. Oh, no, you must be gone. Well, if I would stay here, you and I... You know what would happen. I must get away. No, you must not go to war. You must not leave me. I love you, Emma. But there's my career to consider. If you go away, Leo, what will be left for me? Dear Emma, I must go. Who will talk to me and understand me? Not Charles. Everything he does annoys me. I shall be left alone in this wearisome place with middle-class imbeciles all about me. You must go. Because I love you, too. Leo, I love you. Emma, they might hear. So, you are a coward. That's not fair. You wouldn't leave me, not if you really loved me. I do, I swear it, but there's your husband. Yes, I know. My husband. You said enough. I wait, Charles, and have him take me home. Goodbye, Leo. Emma. Charles! Charles, wake up. Uh, uh, what is it? Charles, it's getting late. Is it, my dear? Come. I want you to take me home. <laughs> Is Madame Bovary at home? Yes, monsieur. Will you step inside? Who is it, solicitor? It is Monsieur Leroux, the draper. Come in, monsieur. Come in. This way, if you please. Monsieur Leroux. Ah, oh, Madame Bovary. I have the pleasure then at last. Very seated, monsieur. Thank you. I said to myself, sitting in my little shop, no one will come today, not in this rain. Why shouldn't I visit Madame Bovary and reproach her for not visiting me? But I require nothing from your shop, monsieur. But Madame is by far the most fashionable lady in all your business. And I have the finest velvet, silks, and satins. Twice a week I go to Rouen. Once each month to Paris. We are not rich, monsieur. I must be content. Look, my parcel. Let me show you these. These Algerian scarves with sequin spangles. Uh, this blue cashmere. And is not this superb? A silk with stripes of green and white. How much is it? Oh, nothing. A trifle. How much it is? I couldn't afford it. Madame is short of funds. My husband is a doctor, monsieur. Need I say more? Oh, I'm in a position to lend money, madame, at a very low rate of interest. How lovely the silk is to touch. If it's a matter of money, madame, you could charge it. What a magnificent gown it would make. Exactly what madame needs to visit the fair. Oh, is there to be a fair? Near Bienville? The Midsummer Festival, three weeks from today. And oh, there'll be a band all the way from Paris. From Paris? The most stylish people in the province will attend, and you must be among them. Dressed in this... Green and white, perhaps. Uh, with parasols and match. As I told you, monsieur, it is quite impossible. As you wish, madame. Just as you wish. Never, never in my life have I beheld such elegance. Emma, you're like a goddess. Hurry, Felicity. Tie the sash. You see, Charles, I've had it made with four flounces, long in the waist and right in the skirt. All the ladies in Paris wear them this way. What did you say? Cut no, don't tell me. I prefer not to know. I needn't pay until next year. Whenever it's convenient, Lobel said. Oh, what's the matter, Felicity? Can't you tie the ribbon? Oh, dear, madame. Now you are ready. I only wish, my dear, that I might walk with you myself this afternoon. Oh, someone's calling. I mustn't be seen just yet. 
It is a key. Look out of the window. Tell me who it is. Oh, yes, Baba. Oh, a gentleman in a red velvet coat. It's Monsieur Boulanger. Who? Monsieur Rudolph Boulanger, the gentleman who bought the chateau. And he brought his servant with him. Well, don't fall out of the window, girl. Go let him in. Oh, yes. Ah, perhaps he's come to ask us to a party. You and your visions of grandeur. A party at the chateau. My dear Emma, I think that's hardly likely. In fact, it isn't likely at all. <laughs> Monsieur Dom, Monsieur Boulanger. Dr. Bovary. Delighted to be at your service, Monsieur. May I present my wife? Madame Bovary. Monsieur? I'm sorry to disturb you on a holiday, but my servant Gerard is in miserable health. I thought perhaps if you would look at him... Certainly. My office is across the hall. If you would uh, care to wait here during the examination... That would be most comfortable. Uh, step this way, young fellow. Yes, Doctor. Will you be seated, Monsieur? Thank you. No. Might I have something brought to you? A cup of chocolate, perhaps? I thank you. No. Oh, a cup of tea? <laughs> no. Thank you very much. Have I said something amusing? <laughs> no, madame. Then why did you laugh? Because I find you most charming. Wherever did you get that gown? Don't you like it? It's the most striking creation I've seen outside of Paris. You really think so? You know, I've often thought that I'd like to meet you. Have you noticed me before? I've watched you standing by your window when I said to myself... She is very pretty, that doctor's wife. Very pretty. A figure like a Parisian. What is she doing here, I wonder? I don't know what you mean. Poor little woman, I thought. How bored she must be with a doctor trotting after his patient all day long. She would like to live in a city, I'll wager, and dance the poker every night. Oh, please, monsieur. You're far too observant. I... With three words of gallantry, I said, she'll begin to laugh. She'll be grateful and tender and very glad to have friends. Oh, Mr. Boulanger, I'm quite scandalized. Never in my life have I heard such boldness. But how shall I meet her, I wanted? By what means? There are the servants, the neighbors, her husband, all sorts of difficulties. <laughs> and then I hit upon a plan. Shall I confess something? Gerard, my valet, has no ailment at all. He's in the very best of health. Oh, no. <laughs> he was my plan of action. You mean the child is now examining... A man in perfect health. He's feeling his pulse, sounding his heart, inspecting his tongue, and Gerard is as strong as a horse. <laughs> I've never known him to be sick. Oh, they're coming back. Now, we must look very serious. Oh, Monsieur. I have examined this fellow, and I am obliged to tell you that he is far from well. <laughs> I, uh, I find evidence of nervous strain and uh, uh, palpitations. He must go to bed and stay there until he is quite recovered. It shall be done. Gerard, go home to bed at once. Uh, yes, sir, at once. Emma? Why are you smiling? At uh, this, monsieur, I've uh, been so daring as to ask your wife if I might take her to the fair. Indeed? Well, I felt certain that your duties would prevent you from escorting. Well, that is true, alas, monsieur. Uh, well, Emma? No, I cannot go. It wouldn't do at all. Nonsense, my dear. Of course you'll go. It is an honor, a great honor indeed. Very kind of you, monsieur. <laughs> but it would not look well. Nonsense, my dear. I'm sure you couldn't be in better hands. Ah. How right you are, monsieur. Well, then, uh, madame, whenever you're ready. The procession is about to begin. Will you come with me? With my husband's consent, I will come with you. <laughs> really, madame, Bovary, I'm a rascal and a rogue. Anyone will tell you that. You know, I think perhaps you are. 
time for the speeches. Now we can do without that, can't we? There's a bench in that arbor behind the bandstand. And they will be offended if we don't listen. Come along, let the cattle listen to his brain. Gentlemen! Have you any idea how long it's been since I was in love? No, Monsieur. Tell me. How long? Perhaps a week or two. Three at the most. You are a rascal. <laughs> I think that never in my life, though, have I been so much in love as I am at this moment. Monsieur, please. Will you escort me at home? <laughs> I should never have come here with you. My husband was foolish to permit it. Oh, but he did permit it. Madame. May I kiss you? No, monsieur. You certainly may not. I repeat, may I kiss you? Please, release my hand. You can't mean that. You know I'm in love with you. What if someone saw it? You're hurting me. May I kiss you? May I, dear lady? One. Only one. And never again. Never. <laughs> Good afternoon, madame. I saw you sitting here among your flowers. That day at the fair, you said you would call upon us very soon. But that was weeks ago. I have been busy. And I didn't want to come here. Why not? Can't you guess? Oh, Emma, Emma. Please. You see, I was right. I should not have returned. I have spoken your name, your sweet name, and you forbid me to use it. Not forbid. These weeks I have been thinking of you constantly. The memory of you has driven me to despair. Yes, yes. I stood outside of your house every night watching it shining in the moonlight, the trees swaying before your whimsy, and that little lamp gleaming in your room. Rudolph. Emma, I adore you. Rudolph, Why, what an honor. Oh, good morning, Dr. Bovary. I knew you were here. Indeed. How? No, it's just tethered outside. Oh, yes, yes. Of well, riding is my only relaxation. I should like to ride again. When I was a girl, my father always kept a horse. Well, allow me to offer you a horse from my stable. Thank you, Mr. No. Oh, but Emma, you always enjoyed riding. No, Charles, no. Well, I must get on. We shall look forward to your next visit, Mr. Oh, I quite forgot. I came to tell you that my servant uh, still suffers from giddiness. I'll call around and see him. No, no, no. I'll send him to you. Oh, better still, I'll bring him myself tomorrow. That'll be more convenient for you. Good day, madame. Monsieur. Dr. Bovary, until tomorrow. Tomorrow. Emma, why didn't you accept Monsieur Boulanger's kind offer? Really, Charles, it would look quite odd, borrowing a horse from Monsieur Boulanger. Nonsense. I insist that you ride with him. His patronage will bring me many other patients. How can I ride with him if I haven't got a riding habit? Order one. And how shall I pay for it? Charge it, my dear. Put it on the account. Very well. I will charge it. Emma, let's stop for a while. Yes, I'm tired. Yes, so am I. We can rest here. We have ridden off the highway. Yes, we're quite alone here. Here, let me help you. Hand, my dear. Thank you. Rudolph. No one can see us. You're hurting me. Let me go. Now our destinies are one, Emma. The future is ours together. Oh, I shouldn't listen to you. Emma, my sweet Emma. Dearest Rudolph. <laughs>
came the moment I received your message. What is it? What's happening? Oh, it's too shameful. Your hand is trembling. Sergeant, the great you. The you? How I hate him. He has ruled all my chances of ever escaping from this place. Oh, my dear. What are you talking about? My husband has nearly killed a man. Oh, yes. Well, I heard about that. I was operating on this man yesterday. But an infection set in. But they've called a doctor from Rouen to save the fellow's life. But the whole town knows about it. Charles will never have another patient. We'll never save enough money to leave this horrible place. And I'll never get to Paris. Poor little Emma. Charles is a failure, a wretched failure. And he always will be. There, no. Oh, I'll never forget him for this. Never. What is there left for me? Oh, my darling. But when for you? Emma, dearest. How I love you. Oh, how I love you. You are adorable. I'm not afraid when we are together. Not even when I'm alone here in the garden. As long as I know, you will soon be with me. Oh, Rudolph, we should flaunt our love, not hide it. What are you saying? A love like ours should not be hidden away in secret. Rudolph, we must leave this place. Leave Charles. Leave your husband? I have been patient with him, heaven knows. But I can bear him no longer. Take me away, Rose. Take me away from here. How could I? Take me away from here. I've planned it all. We go to some little fishing village where brown nets dry in the wind along the cliffs. We live in a villa high above the sea. It can't be, Emma. The world is not that way. Oh, you've got to take me away from here, Rose. Promise me you will. You can't be serious. I am. I am. You don't mean what you say. Every word of it. But I, I couldn't do a thing like that to Charles. No, I can. I hate him, I tell you. I hate him. Emma... He has failed me in every way. If you don't take me away from here, I go to tell him. Tell him all about us. You wouldn't. Every word. I tell him and everybody else. I... I can't pretend any longer. When do you wish to go? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You've got it just as you wanted, madame. A traveling cloak with a deep collar. What did Leroy say? Was it difficult about the money? No, he smiled and was most pleasant. He said he'd put it on your account. Good. He asked if madame was going on a journey. And my message? You took it to Monsieur Rudolph? I sent it by Justin. You want monsieur to meet you at Hotel de Provence at midday? Yes, that's right. Madame, you must forgive me, but are you sure this is why? What you are doing? What do you mean? Will you be happy, madame? Happy? What a question. I never dreamed I could know such happiness. Oh, that's the master. Open the door. I tell him now. Madame Bovary. It's Justin. Come in, boy. Madame Bovary. Yes, Justin. What have you there? It's a present from Monsieur. From whom? From Rudolph? A basket of apricots. Underneath the vine leaves at the bottom, I saw him put a letter. A letter? Here, let me have it. Madame. Oh, here, child. Go away. Yes, my Dearest Emma, when you read this sad letter... I shall be far away. I shall not forget you. I shall always have a profound devotion for you. But I could not take you away from your home and your husband. Farewell, my beloved. Farewell. Madame! What have you done to me? He's not coming, madam. No, he's gone. Gone and left me here. Emma, Emma, my dear, where are you? Oh, excuse me, monsieur. Uh, Felicity, tell cook that Monsieur Omey will be our guest for dinner. I will, monsieur. Uh, boiled beef and onions, that's what I want. Why, my, Emma, my dear, what have you there? A basket of apricots. Monsieur Boulanger sent them. What a friend he is. Rudolph. Emma, uh, what is it? I, 
at the same time. Emma? Emma, speak to me, my dear. Emma, Emma, it is I, your child, who loved you. No one loves me. No one at all. the American radio premiere of Madame Bovary, starring Marlena Dietrich, Van Heflin, and Claude Rains, brought to you as the opening broadcast of the Ford Theater's second season by the Ford Motor Company. Mr. Markle, that was a very interesting first act. Well, thank you, Mr. Benson Ford. What happens to Emma Bovary? Does she ever get to Paris? Well, Mr. Ford, that's something that you, too, will have to find out in the second act. All right, I'll wait. Ladies and gentlemen, meet one of our sponsors, a director and vice president of the Ford Motor Company, and head of the Lincoln Mercury Division, Mr. Benson Ford. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, usually I'm on the same side of the radio as you are, listening to the Ford Theater. Tonight, however, I would like to greet you at the beginning of our second season of the Ford Theater and to tell you that we intend to make this program, which you'll be glad to welcome into your home each Friday night. We of the Ford Motor Company realize that our business is not only concerned with building cars. We know that an important part of our business is the friendship and trust of the public. And we know that to keep that trust, we not only must build good cars, but we also must carry on every part of our business as good and responsible citizens. Since the Ford Theater is one of the activities of the Ford Motor Company, it too must be responsible for good entertainment. This is the most appropriate time for us to begin our second season because October is a month of important anniversaries for the Ford Motor Company. Forty years ago this month, the Ford Motor Company introduced the Model T. Twenty-one years ago, the Ford Motor Company built the first Model A. And one of my particular interests, the Mercury, was introduced just ten years ago today. Now you are seeing on the roads the 1949 Ford, Mercury's, and Lincoln's the best and most popular cars the Ford Motor Company has ever produced. Many things have changed since the Ford Motor Company was founded 45 years ago, but one thing has not changed. That is the firm intention of the Ford Motor Company to continue building good cars and to continue doing business as a good citizen. Thank you, Mr. Benson Ford. Second act of Madame Bovary will be heard after a brief pause for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. KMX, AM and FM, Los Angeles. This is Fletcher Markle again. Just before the second and final act of the Ford Theater presentation of Madame Bovary, here are a few notes of interest about our stars tonight. Mr. Heflin, whom you are hearing as Rudolph in the play, will soon be seen with Lana Turner, Gene Kelly, and June Allison in Metro-Golden-Mayer's Technicolor production, The Three Musketeers. While Miss Dietrich, in the title role tonight, may currently be seen starring in the Paramount production of Foreign Affair. Mr. Raines has recently completed a picture called The Passionate Friends which he made in England and which you will be seeing soon. Now for the final act of Madame Bovary. Oh. 
Madame sitting here at her window like the old days. I watched the carriages driving past. Tomorrow, they will be in Paris. Well, that reminds me. There's an opera season in Rouen with a company of singers from Paris. Opera? From Paris? Uh, if only your health was better, it is but a short drive to Rouen. That would be wonderful. Emma, would you like to go to the opera? There's nothing I'd rather do. Nothing. Everyone should go to the theater at least once in his life. I would need a new gown. Charles, will you take me? Well, now, I, I don't know. A new gown of cherry-colored velvet with a train. Monsieur Lerreux could easily supply it for you. Money is not so plentiful, monsieur. He would put it on your account. There must be no stopping at expense where Madame Self is concerned. Mm, no, I dare say not. Then we will go, Charles, to the opera? If you wish, my dear. And the dress. I can have a new dress? Yes, you can have a new dress. Really, my dear Emma, I'm still most confused. It's perfectly simple. If you had only read your program. Who is the gentleman in the pink trousers? Is that Edgardo? Oh, no, Charles. That is Enrico, Lucia's cruel brother. I'm sorry, I didn't mean ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. There's someone rapping at the door of our box. They're probably going to put it out because of your mind. Nonsense. Come in. Come in. Sit over here. Madame. I was sitting in one of the opposite boxes when I saw you. I, I couldn't wait till the act was over. How good it is to see you. How very good. Are you in town for the piece? No, just for the opera tonight. Oh, but you mustn't miss tomorrow night's performance. They're giving Tatiana. Tatiana? Oh, Charles, couldn't you? Well, my patients uh, call me back to your field, but uh, there's no reason, Emma, why you shouldn't say. Without you? Mr. Blonde might be your escort. Would you, Rudolph? I would be delighted. Please do so. You wouldn't mind, sir? Mind? <laughs> Certainly not. I only wish that I might say myself. This music is wonderful, isn't it? Uh, how does it all come out, Emma? It, it doesn't have a sad ending, does it? It was so wonderful, Rudolph, that you came over to us at the opera last night. Thank you. But I'm afraid we were very foolish last spring, all that talk about her, going away together. <laughs> Only dreams. You will never know what it is to live in dreams, year after year. And never realize those dreams. Oh, how I envied you, Rudolph. Envied me? To be a man, 
free to go where you please. Do as you choose. <laughs> Emma, what a child you are. Monsieur. Why are you stopping? We'd like to quench our thirst, my horse and I. Oh, very well. Thank you, monsieur. But it's getting late. We shall miss the overture at the opera. You wouldn't like it anyway. No? No. It's silly and sad about a foolish woman who imagines herself in love. Gives up her life for it. Another sad ending? She dies because of her love. I don't like the sound of that. Then we will not go to the opera? We will not go to the opera. <laughs> Coachman! Yes, monsieur. Turn about and drive the other way. Where are we going, Rudolph? To the Palador, Coachman, as fast as you can go. <laughs> with a good instructor. Get back my touch. Well, my dear, why don't you? Twenty francs seems so expensive for a lesson. And then there'll be the trip to Rouen every week. Oh, would you have to go to Rouen? It's rather unlikely I could find a teacher here in your view. Then you must go to Rouen, of course, if that will make you happy. Besides, our friend Rudolph is living at Rouen. Uh, Omey tells me he's uh, staying at the Palais d'Or. Is he? Hmm. Perhaps you might see him from time to time to, uh, Break the monotony. Now, really, Charles, you... What? You are much too good to me. Oh, nonsense. Much too good. Bravo. You see how the lessons have limbered up my fingers? Oh, was ever a man so lucky? My wife is the prettiest woman in all France and the most clever. Well, I'm far too good for you. She warms my slippers by the fire, makes me pistachio creams for dinner, and plays me waltzes after dinner. You see, you're completely spoiled. You don't deserve me, Charles. You really don't. My dear wife, look here. Tomorrow I shan't make any calls. I'll forget all my patients. We will take a picnic to the woods and have a long day together. Just the two of us. But, Charles, tomorrow is my lesson day. I must go to Rouen. Oh, of course, yes. I completely forgot. Uh, by all means, go to Rouen. Uh, tell me, do you ever see our old friend? Friend? Rudolph Boulanger. Oh, yes, once in a while. We have met in odd places like the little chocolate shop. Oh, uh, by the way, I meant to show you something. Yes? I, um, I found this bill in the mail this morning. Bill? What sort of bill? It's from Leroux and for quite a sum of money. Let me see. Uh, take it, my dear. I uh, know it couldn't be ours. There's been some mistake. No, no, of course it, it isn't ours. No, no, it couldn't be. Waiter, may I have my check? Certainly, madam. Ten francs. Thank you, madam. Emma, Emma. At last, I'm so sorry. I'm just leaving. I couldn't get away. You might have sent a message. I couldn't, that's just it. Was a woman, I suppose. These days, it's always other women. There are no others. Poor Charles. I lie to him week after week. Then when I come to war, he do not even meet me. He let me wait in the street cafe for hours. Afraid of being recognized, hiding my face. These people are watching. What does it matter? 
They've already seen me waiting for you. We must be more careful. It's obvious that you're weary of me. Emma, be sensible. We're not children anymore. This isn't happiness. This isn't the love I wanted. The secrecy, the shame. Rudolph, I'm going home to stay. Emma, please. I will not come back to war. Not again. away. An officer came, and he nailed this paper to the door. I pulled it down. What does it say? Read it yourself, mother. By order of the king, in 24 hours, without fail, must pay 8,000 francs, or be constrained by every form of law. What does it mean, mother? My husband knows nothing of this. Oh, no, mother. Felicite, will you help me? Oh, but of course, madame, I would do anything. Stay here, near the door, in case anyone tries to put up another notice. You tear it down. Yes, mother. And I shall go across the square and pay a visit to Monsieur Lheureux. Madame Bovary. You know what's happened. Is it a joke? No, madame. It is not a joke. What can I do? You promised to give me more time. You promised. I acknowledge that, but I am more than a little pressed myself. The night is at my own throat. What will happen to me? There'll be a judgment, sir. Tale of your goods, that's about it. You can't be so cruel, so merciless. It seems to me so far that I've been most considerate of you, madame. Let's see. August 3rd, 200 francs. June 17th, 150 francs. March 20th. You didn't read them. Not to speak of this one for 385 francs. And your little installment on these sums. There's no end to them. So I thought you were my friend. You would continue to help me. Do you think I would go on until eternity being your banker? This is just. I must get back what I've laid out. You give me no warning. Whose fault is that? You've always been too high and mighty for the likes of me with your elegant manners and delicate ways. Please, I beg of you. While I was working night and day, an honest shopkeeper, you were in Rouen, dining with your gentleman friend. You dare speak to me this way. There's no harm to tell the truth. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to speak harshly. You're good, or... You've always shown yourself to be. Don't touch my hand. I'm not your lover. Just pay me what you owe me. Be careful, Lerouet. I tell my husband. I have a few things to tell him myself. Monsieur Lerouet, I promise to sign any paper that you want to give me. For any amount of money. I have enough of your signatures. If I could bring you a quarter of the sum, a third. It's too late for that. I want payment. In full. In a few days. Get out of my shop. But there's no one I can go to for help. What do I care? Get out. Come in, Leon, Leon, my dear. And what brings you to Rouen at such an hour? I took the morning coach. I had to speak with you. Please let me sit down. Are you not feeling well? Leon, I am in such great trouble. You loved me once. I've come to you. I've always loved you, Emma. I've come to beg, beg a big service from you. Well, tell me what it is, my dear, and it will be done. I need 8,000 francs at once. 8,000? Uh, you must be joking. <laughs> 8,000 francs from me? <laughs> You're quite mad, Emma. Not yet. No, not yet. Well, I might manage 500 at the most. No more. No. You could find a way to get it. Where, Emma? Where? At your office, perhaps. You're not suggesting that I... I steal? No. No, not steal. Certainly not. You would borrow it a while. I'd pay you back. I raise the money in time. There's nothing I won't do for you in return. I'll show you that I'm grateful. 
I love you always, Leo. Always. Emma, there is something I must tell you. You will do this for me. I knew you would. I am going to be married. Oh. Early next month. My mother has arranged it. To a girl from the town where I was born. I I understand. I'm very sorry having to tell you like this. Say no more. I must go. Poor Emma. Goodbye, Leo. Goodbye. I wish you happiness. Well, I hardly expected to see you quite this soon, not after what you said. I didn't mean what I said. Did you think that I could live without you? Come into the library. Thank you. I'm glad you've come back, my Emma. Believe me, I meant none of the things I said. Then let us forget about it. What does it matter to other women? You're not to blame. We'll begin again. We love each other just as we used to. We'll be happy again. Why are you crying? Oh, Rudolf, my darling. What is it? I've come to you for help. Anything. Everything's gone. Unless I get 8,000 francs immediately. I am ruined. 8,000 francs? I'm counting on your friendship, on your love. So that's why you've come back. For money. Just to pay certain bills. I had no idea they were so large until... I'm sorry, Emma. What? I haven't got it. You haven't? You lie. If I had the money, I'd give it to you, but I'm in debt myself. You can't let me have it. No, Emma, I can't. I should have spared myself this thing coming to you. You never really loved me. I'm sorry, Emma. I can't help you. Let me out of here. Where are you going? What does it matter to you where I go? Emma! Madame, step inside, leaving right away. Made in the warmth. Oh, Don't be afraid of him, madame. He cannot harm you. Poor man. Be off with your beggar. You're frightening the lady. Arms for the bride. Here, here, take my purse. Take it all, poor man. You gave him your purse? Yes, I don't want money anymore. Come, madame, step inside. Coat leaving for your bill. Arms for the blind. What is it, madame? Are you in? No, no, I'm all right. Just let me sit down. Arms for the blind. Madame, Madame, you must get out. This is your wheel. I, I'm sorry. I was dreaming. Madame Bovary. Madame Bovary, are you all right? Oh, I help Olivia home. She isn't well. Give all her money to a beggar. This is Jean-Ville. I'm at home. Yes, madame. Oh, we've been so frightened. Everyone has been searching for you. Who are you, boy? You know me, madame. I am Justin from the apothecary shop. See, there it is across the square. Oh, you're tired, madame. Take my arm. Justin, you are the one I needed to see. I went to all the others, but they couldn't help me. You. Only you can save me. Of course, madame. I will do anything. I must get a pinch of powder from the cupboard with the iron door in the chemist's shop. The poison cupboard? Oh, no, madame, monsieur, he, he would be very angry. My husband, Dr. Bovary, wanted me to bring it to him. Where's the key? No, I, I, I mustn't give it to you. If someone saw it. But you said you would do anything. You promised. Give me the key, boy. 
If you truly love me? Oh, please, Justin. Please. I'm frightened, madame. Please. Thank you, Justin. Now run along. Leave me alone. Yes, madame. I will tell Dr. Bovary you have some more. Sleeping, Dr. Bovary? Yes, Felicity. You've watched all the night? Let me sit by her for a while. No. I cannot leave her. See, there, she's waking. Charles? Yes, dearest Emma. I am here. You are so good. You have always loved me. Is that so strange, my darling? It would have been better. If we had never met. No, no. I have been dreaming. Have you, my dear? When I shut my eyes, I see visions. It all seems so long ago. My father's orchard, the quiet stream, the green fields. My dearest. I heard a lovely sound just now, child. I. I heard the rain falling on a thousand apple trees. I heard music, the ball. I was dancing along. And then, someone was waiting for me. A young man in the silver pavilion. Emma. No, no, Felicity, don't touch her. Oh, Mr. Poor Emma. Let her lie still. Let her dream. I wish that I, too, could sleep. Stop in at my shop before you leave, monsieur. Dr. Bovary? They... They don't call me doctor anymore. I'm Rudolph Boulanger. Do you remember me? Yes. I remember you. May I join you? I haven't seen you... I know. I know. It was kind of you to send so many flowers. Emma would have liked that. She always admired the romantic gesture. Emma lived for romance. I often think of her. Monsieur, perhaps I should tell you. 
I came across some letters. I know. I know all about it. You and Emma. Dr. Bovary, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very sorry. You needn't be. I haven't blamed you or her. I knew about her secrets, her dreams. You do not blame her. Blame her? How could I? Dreams set us free to enter a paradise of forgetfulness, of memory, of hope. I, too, have learned to dream. I'm sorry that you've lost her. Oh, but I haven't lost her. What did you say? Emma's with me still. Always. I tell you this. Always at night. She returns to my lonely house. I light the lamp for her. And we are together. Dear. Dear Emma. You've just heard Marlena Dietrich, Van Heflin, and Claude Rains in the American radio premiere of Madame Bovary by Gustave Flaubert. Tonight's version for listening was prepared by Brainerd Duffield and Emerson Crocker, and the original musical score was composed and conducted by Cy Fuhr. Now again, Fletcher Markle. May a very pleased director identify the principals in our cast tonight. In the foreground... Emma Bovary. Was played, of course, by Miss Dietrich. Rudolf Boulanger. Was played by Mr. Heflin. Dr. Charles Bovary. Was played by Mr. Raines. In the supporting cast... Monsieur Ormain. Was played by Robert Dryden. And Monsieur Leroux. Was Hadley Rennie. Leon. Was Ivor Francis. Felicity. Was played by Mercedes McCambridge. Actively assisting were Ronald Liss, Miriam Wolfe, and Alan Devitt. Next week on the Ford Theater, our fists are clenched. Our story is a swift and malevolent melodrama by James M. Kane, one of his best. And it's called Double Indemnity. And as for our stars, well, we've taken out a special policy with a double indemnity clause to ensure your entertainment. Our stars are two of Hollywood's most rewarding performers, Miss Joan Bennett and Mr. Burt Lancaster. And with them, Broadway's Myron McCormick. We hope you'll be with us. Until next week, then, until Burt Lancaster and Joan Bennett and James Kane's Double Indemnity... This is Fletcher Markle with a good night and thank you from all of us in the Ford Theater. The Ford Theater is brought to you by the Ford Motor Company, builder of Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln cars, Ford trucks, farm tractors, and industrial engines. Tonight's leaders of the trucking industry from every state are gathered in Washington for the 15th annual convention of the American Trucking Association. Once again, we're all reminded of the tremendous importance of highway transport. 
At one time or another, everything that we eat, wear, or use is moved by truck over the vital network of American highways. The Ford Motor Company, which has long been an active partner in the progress of the trucking industry, joins its dealers in extending to the American Trucking Association best wishes for a successful convention, with the hope that its activities will add even more to the progress of our nation's business and to the safety of our nation's highways. Theater, Burt Lancaster and Joan Bennett in Double Indemnity.